Sound the trumpets. It's horse racing time. Saddle up for action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code RTFP. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. 18 plus 21 plus in certain states to open or access an account and a resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligible restrictions apply. Voidware prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wagers within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday. Class is in session with Professor Greg Cosell from NFL Films University as we wrap up what's been a really popular series. I look at the YouTube views, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. A lot of people have checked out our draft series of every single NFL team today. We will dive into the AFC West draft choices with Greg. We also, by the way, we do have winners. I've got a spread the word winner, a sponsor confirmation email winner, a YouTube shout out winner. I'll get into all those a little bit later in the show after Greg. Yes, I want to make sure you guys stick around after the interview and some news about the show as well at the end. So make sure you stick around after Greg Cosell, after Tux Takes. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Greg, always great to talk with you. Already looking forward to Monday. Greg and I, even though it's 4th of July, we're going to talk about the top quarterback prospects for the 2023 NFL Draft. Will Levis and C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young. Uh, Greg, that's going to be awesome. I'm looking (laughs) forward to it. Yeah, it should be good. I mean, I, I've done you know a good amount of preliminary work. That's what I try to do in the summer before guys play their their final year of college ball. Uh, just try to get a good feel for guys. Obviously, I'll do more extensive work after they play their final season. I guess just out of curiosity, Greg, do you find that guys change a lot from the summer to the spring, or they don't, or it just varies from guy to guy? I mean, it does vary, but I would say overall – there's not a ton of change, especially if they're in the same system. Sometimes guys get different coaches, and you can see different uh, pass game concepts, and you take note of those. But for the most part, the, the general traits don't change. It can be a refinement of traits. Um, you know, there, for instance, and we're not going to get into this now, but, you know, someone like Anthony Richardson from Florida, who's 6'4", 240, and is a physical freak, did not play very much for Florida last year. So you're anxious to see him now play where he has, you know, 500 dropbacks. He didn't have that last, you know, in his in his in in the 2021 season. 
Not a ton of NFL news this week. Obviously, Deshaun Watson's hearing still going on. But Terry McLaurin from the Washington Commanders did sign a big-time contract extension. You know, just talk to me first, I guess, Greg, about about Terry as a player. What is he? Yeah, well, McLaurin predominantly for Washington lines up on the outside – Occasionally will line up in the slot. He's predominantly been an outside receiver for them, including Boundary X. Um, the question is whether that's truly his best spot. I think that's a reasonable discussion. Again, that has nothing to do with whether he's a good receiver. He's a very good receiver who can work all three levels of the defense and certainly can run. Um, he might be better as a guy who, who could be a movement Z, where you put him in motion, you get him free access off the ball, you let him explode off the line of scrimmage. Obviously, in his career, he's not played with what most would consider high-level quarterbacks. You know, therefore, his yards per reception has not been as high as one might think, given the fact that he does possess vertical speed. And it'll be interesting to see, one, if they change up some of the routes he runs, given that they now have Carson Wentz, who certainly can drive the ball down the field. Um, and maybe there's a, the vertical dimension that McLaurin possesses. Maybe that comes out more. Um, but I, I think I think probably he'd be really, really good. And when I say really good, we've seen him put up big-time numbers as a uh, in his first three years in the league. So it's not as if he's not being targeted or, or, or producing but I'd be really curious to see him as a movement Z where he can get free access uh, and, and can really explode ver- more vertically. That's interesting, Greg. I mean, here's a guy that's, you know, had three great years with, I think, eight different quarterbacks. Yeah. He just got paid a ton of money, and you're talking about changing his position. Yeah, no, you're, you're 100% right. I mean, he um, – He's not played with, like I said, what people would consider to be great quarterbacks. And we'll see. I mean, look, Carson Wentz is one of those guys. A lot of people have different views on Carson Wentz. But there's no question he's got a big arm and can drive the ball down the field. Did we miss did, – did, did, how did the NFL miss on McLaurin if they did, Greg? I mean, you know, guy gets drafted in the yeah. third round. You're not expecting him three years later to get this contract. No, and obviously he was a starter from day one with Washington, so um, he obviously did extremely well in their off-season program and through training camp and was named a week one starter. Um, He did not put up big numbers at Ohio State. Um, In his last year there, he caught 35 balls, and obviously Ohio State is a big-time passing offense. Um, What what I think really helped him a lot in terms of where he got drafted, he was a third-round pick, the 76th player chosen, was he ran a 4-3-5 at the Combine. But I think his tape told you that he was a vertical threat. He ran by people. Um, so, you know, those are always hard questions. You know, how did, how did they miss? Uh, maybe they didn't miss, and he just didn't have the production that people thought, and therefore he dropped to the third round. Um, you know, we, we do know, and this is no knock on Terry McLaurin at all. I think he's a very, very good player. But we know that in the NFL, a lot of receivers now, because it's a passing league, catch a lot of balls. Um, and he's clearly the, has been the number one receiver for Washington, so he gets targeted the most. Let's dive into the draft series, Greg. We're wrapping it up. If you missed any of the other divisions or your teams, you can always go back, check it out, however you listen, or if you watch, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. We're wrapping up, Greg, with the AFC West. 
We always go alphabetical order. We'll start with the Denver Broncos, who did not have a first-round pick as a result of the Russell Wilson trade. Their first couple picks, their day two picks, Nick Bonito, the edge rusher from Oklahoma, and Greg Dulcich, the tight end from UCLA. Yeah, they're two guys I really, really liked. Um, to be honest with you, Benito, and, and I maybe I was in the minority. I mean, obviously, he was a third-round pick. I thought Benito was as explosive an edge rusher as there was in this draft. Um, I mean, he could really corner. He's an explosive athlete. Um, Oklahoma did not use him exclusively as a pass rusher, so he also dropped into coverage. He, did, he was asked to do a lot of things in the context of the Oklahoma defense, um, but I thought that he has the look and feel of an edge pass rusher. Um, he's, he's a sudden explosive athlete. He's got length. He's 6'3". Um, he's got bend and flexibility. He's got closing burst. Uh, I really like Nick Benito's tape, and I, I thought, again, you know me, Ross, I don't do draft boards, and I don't necessarily say where a guy should be drafted, but I thought his tape suggested, given how important pass rush is in today's NFL – I thought his tape suggested that he should have been a, a, a higher draft choice than he was. Got it. What about Dulcich? Yeah, Dulcich is a tight end that has vertical ability. Um, and I think that uh, he's not, you know, it's interesting. Tight ends sometimes are hard because very few tight ends you would call explosive the way you talk about wide receivers that way. Um, but I think that Dulcich does have the ability to run seam routes to run vertical routes as a tight end you can uh, detach him from the formation he's that kind of player I think he fits the profile clearly of what teams are looking for in a receiving tight end in today's NFL he's got stride length he's 6-4 he's got build-up speed he can run the vertical seams he can run the intermediate and deeper crossers he can line up in multiple locations in the formation so uh, you know, again, I think that obviously he's a rookie, so I can't sit here and say how many snaps he'd get on a weekly basis uh, or what his target volume will be. But I think his traits and his skill set fit today's NFL. He, he he plays faster than his 40-yard dash time of 4.69. So, Greg, they didn't have a first-round pick, but they did have a high volume of picks. So I'm going to rattle off the rest of their guys and you can pick and choose who you want to talk about. They had Damari Mathis, the corner from Pitt, Uzurike, the D-tackle, Iowa State, Turner Yell, the safety from Oklahoma, Montrell Washington, a wide receiver from Sanford, Luke Wattenberg, the center from UW, and then a couple of Wisconsin kids, Matt Henningsen and Fayon Hicks. I didn't see a ton of those guys. The guy I did see is Damari Mathis, the corner from Pitt. Um, and I liked his tape. Um, pretty good size at 5'11", 196. Played outside corner at um, at Pitt. Um, I think he's got a chance to be a starter early in his career. He Now, he's a guy that played a ton of press man. And you really don't see that a lot in college football. But he did that an awful lot. Um, at Pitt. Um, and I thought he was competitive. He played it with a swagger. He challenged receivers. He showed really well-timed strikes when he was playing physical press man. He matched routes. He stayed in phase when he played mirror match press man. I thought that he was a tough, physical, competitive kid who embraced and thrived 
playing press man. And I think that's always a starting point in a corner's transition to the next level. At some point in this league, you're going to have to line up and play man-to-man coverage. Um, And I think that he can do that. And I think he could develop into an outstanding slot corner, too, if a team saw him that way. Yeah, well, we know Pat Narduzzi likes the corners that can play press man. Let's move on to Kansas City Chiefs. They had a lot of picks, Greg, and a lot of guys that a lot of people know, including two first-rounders that people think have a chance to start in Trent McDuffie, the corner from Washington, and George Karloftis, the edge rusher from Purdue. Yeah, McDuffie was a player whose tape I really, really like. Washington does a really good job of putting out corners into the NFL, and 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 I really like Trent McDuffie. I, I thought Trent McDuffie was physical. Um, I think that he's competitive. Uh, he played both press. He played off. Um, he's he's about the same size, let's say, as someone like Tre'Davious White, give or take. So the size is not really an issue. Um, he's very athletic. He's super super competitive. Incredibly tough. Uh, played press man with an attitude. He was sticky in coverage. I thought there was some twitchiness to him, some suddenness to his movement. Um, the thing that always stands out with Washington corners, Ross, is when they play off coverage, they plant and drive on the ball exceptionally well. That is something that Jimmy Lake, who's no longer at the University of Washington, but was the 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 um, D coordinator and, and DB coach and then the head coach for a, a couple of years, he must stress that because all these Washington corners plant and drive from off coverage exceptionally well. Um, I think he's got a chance to develop into a higher level corner, either outside or in the slot. He played predominantly outside uh, at Washington. What about Karloftis, Greg? Yeah, Karloftis is an interesting player to me. I'm, I'm not sure what to, to make of Karloftis. Um, Karloftis' upper body is incredibly strong incredibly strong. That's his game. Um, His game is built on upper body and hand strength. Um, He's a face-up pass rusher. He's not a bender. He's not flexible. He's got really good hand usage. He's got upper body power and strength. He's not a higher level athlete. Um, There were a lot of times where um, he made, showed that strength with his upper body and his hands, but his lower body could not match that. He does not have the lower body athleticism to match his upper body strength and power. So um, I could be wrong on this. I'm very curious to see how he does. The player who you reminded me of a lot when I watched him, and this player's done well in the league, uh, but I think I don't know if anybody would call him a, a dynamic edge pass rusher. In fact, this player plays both outside and inside, and like I said, has done well, but he kind of reminds me of Emmanuel Ogba. Oh, interesting. That's an interesting comparison. Yeah, um, I mean, to me, neither is a pure edge pass rusher, but both can be deployed in multiple alignments and both can play a power game that's really more effective in confined space. What about their two second-round picks, Greg, for the Chiefs? Sky Moore, the wide receiver from yeah. Western Michigan, and Brian Cook, the safety from Cincinnati. I love Brian Cook. You know, we won't spend a ton of time on him because I just love the player. I think he's – I think he's uh, – 
a safety that fits today's NFL. You know, there were some people probably concerned about his coverage ability. I think he can match up to tight ends. He's physical. He's competitive. He brings a swagger. I think he's a tempo setter for a defense. The player everyone is talking about is Sky Moore because a lot of people believe coming into the league in Andy Reid's offense that he's going to step right in and be a high-target, high-volume player right off the bat. Um, I'll be very curious about that. Um, He played both the slot and outside at Western Michigan. He ran extremely well. His 10-yard split was off the charts. He's got a strong, compact frame. Uh, He ran a lot of routes inside, and I thought he showed tremendous physical and competitive toughness for a guy that's only 195 pounds. Um, He did make some vertical catches when he lined up outside. Um, I think he's one of those guys that – in an Andy Reid offense, um, he's not Tyree Kill because no one's Tyree Kill. But I think you might see him, uh, depending on how quickly he picks things up, be a motion guy and a movement guy in, in the context of Andy Reid's offense in the way that, that Tyree Kill was. But I, I don't want people to hear what I said and think he's Tyree Kill. He's not Tyree Kill because no one is. Do you um... – just curious, what do you think of their receivers, Juju Smith-Schuster, Sky Moore, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling? You mean overall as a group? Yeah, as a group. How do you think they fit each other? Well, I think that, you know, one thing we know about Andy Reid is he does move receivers around an awful lot. They believe in motion. So, you know, look, you know, it's easy. I don't think – the way Andy Reid plays that you can say, oh, well, Juju Smith-Schuster, he's only going to line up in the slot. I don't think Andy Reid plays that way. So, you know, I think they've got a lot of receivers with a lot of different traits. You know, Smith-Schuster is a big physical receiver, assuming health. He can make catches in the middle of the field. Valdez Scantling is a long, fluid, vertical receiver who can run. Um, Miko Hardman is, is a guy who can run. He's small, but he's got vertical ability. Sky Moore, theoretically, can do a number of different things. So we'll see how it all plays out. I think that remains to be seen, Ross. Let's get on to the Raiders now, Greg. And Raiders didn't have a first-round pick or a second-round pick. So third-round pick was Dylan Parham, a guard from Memphis. Yep. Fourth-round pick, Zamir White, running back from Georgia. Another fourth-round pick was Neil Farrell, a D-tackle from LSU. All, all players uh, that I find really, really interesting. I think, to me, and, and who knows, maybe I'll be wrong, um, I think Dylan Parnum is, Parnum is going to be a starter, um, could well be a starter from day one. I, I Again, I really liked his tape. Um, he's an offensive guard. You know, he's a technique-based, fundamentally sound offensive guard. Could probably be, play center as well. I think they might be thinking of him there. I don't know the answer to that. Um, he's got strength. He's got power. He's just one of those guys, Ross, and you can appreciate this being an offensive lineman who just seemed like he played consistently well snap after snap after snap. Um He's got balance. He's got body control. That allowed his movement to be really efficient. He was rarely off balance. He was rarely on the ground. I just thought he was a really good player who's going to be one of those guys you plug in and plays for years, and and you don't really think about it. It may not be an all-pro, may not be a Hall of Famer, but you just say, you know what, we're good at that position. We're fine with Dylan Parham, whether he's a guard or at center. 
Any other thoughts on any other guys they uh, had? Well, Zamir um, White, I think, could get a chance here. Um, I don't know how the new staff feels about um, Josh Jacobs. You don't forget you have a new coaching staff, so everything is different. Um, Zamir White is a kid that, unfortunately, has had numerous knee surgeries and ACL um, injuries because when he came out of high school, I mean, he was the, a consensus five-star recruit and the number one running back in the nation. Um, he's an aggressive, physical, competitive downhill runner. I mean, think about – how often the Patriots over these last number of years lined up with a fullback, lined up in, in 12 or 13 personnel. I mean, Zamir White is that kind of back. He's got natural power. He's got strong finishing traits. He doesn't go down easy. He gets hard yards. Last but not least, Greg, we'll go to the Bolts, the Chargers, and I think I, I, I don't know that I've heard one person, maybe you'll be the first, to say anything bad about their first-round pick, Zion Johnson, <laughs> out of Boston College. Yeah, I mean, he's another one of those guys that you watch and you just feel like, you know what, he's just a really solid player. Don't forget, he he played tackle. He played left tackle in 2020 and then moved to his natural guard position this year um, in 2022. And, I mean, he has a really stout, sturdy, strong frame. He's got the build of an offensive guard, not a tackle, although he does have very long arms, but he's, he's a guard. Um, he's got a powerful physical, physical look to him. I think he's got good core and lower body flexibility to, to execute the kind of blocks you want in his own run game. He can, he can execute reach blocks, and, Ross, you know how tough those can be at times, depending on the opponent, depending on the D-tackle. Um I think he's got a strong base. He's a really good drive blocker in the run game. I think he's good in pass. But I think he's just another one of those really solid players. My guess is, you know, he's going to start from day one. And you'll just, like I said, you'll just feel good about him. Curious about your thoughts um, on the next couple guys. In round three, they took JT Woods, a safety from Baylor. In round four, Isaiah Spiller, Texas yeah. running back. Going into the year, everybody was really high on. Yeah, and, and you know, I – Running backs are always tough because we know that they're often not valued. So I don't know what, you know, why he, he went in, in round four. Um, you know, he's, he's a big physical runner. I mean, he's, he has the look of a feature foundation volume runner. He's got size. He's compactly built. Um, he showed patience, vision, short area burst. He's got subtle lateral quickness, although you wouldn't, you certainly wouldn't call him explosive. Um, but he works really well in confined space. He's got power. He's got contact balance. He finishes. He's one of those kinds of runners. Those runners normally in today's NFL, unless you're special and unless you have the ability to take some of those runs to the house, which I'm not sure Spiller can actually do, um, you know, those kinds of runners are don't seem to be in high demand right now. Um, so that's probably why he dropped. But um, – you know, I think in, in many ways, he's he's an NFL back. I mean, he's he's a big physical kid. I think he's a take-no-prisoners guy. He's super competitive. Um, you know, he's probably not someone you consider a three-down back. He's not a receiver. He's not great in pass pro. He's just one of those competitive, physical, downhill runners, and he's got really good size. Check him out on social media, at Greg Cosell, so you can always get his content no matter where he is. He'll be back on Monday to talk about the top 
quarterback prospects for the 2023 NFL Draft. I cannot wait. One of my favorite shows every year. I, I want to know who Greg's excited about going into the season. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. Let's talk denim. You want to talk denim? I want to talk denim. Why not switch up your denim drawer? Get some colorful jeans. We all love wearing jeans. We know there's different shades of blue jeans. Guess what? Express has khaki, olive, white. Switch it up with some colorful jeans. In fact, you can find something for every destination at Express online or in store. Good morning. Let's start with Deshaun Watson. I feel like we're talking about him every day. The hearing continues today. It's day three. I don't really know if I have anything else to add to this other than at some point, Sue Robinson, the judge, will make a decision. I, I, I got to think with the 4th of July holiday coming up, I can't imagine that they even want the hearing to go till tomorrow. I would imagine it ends today. I don't know what takes this long or, you know, I mean, I don't know. The lawyers get paid by the hour, right? So the longer it goes, the more they're getting paid. They're, they're trying to present their cases. The NFLPA is doing their best. The NFL is doing their best. She'll make a, a, a ruling. And I think that's when it obviously gets interesting. What's her ruling? Does one or either side appeal? And then what does Goodell do when it's in his lap at that point, when it's his prerogative? Takes. Other bit of news today. The NFL hired David Highhill as their VP and GM of sports betting. Do you listen? What, what music do you listen to, Brian? What music do I listen to? Yeah, typically. Uh, I'd probably go more classic rock, I guess. Okay. In the mornings, a lot of times I have on the 80s. And I think this morning, Bobby Brown's like, it's my prerogative was on, which is why I think I just used that word. I'm not even sure that's the right word to describe what I was going for there, but it was in my head. You know, this guy, David Highhill, this is Andrew Brandt's. Like Andrew was saying for two years, they need to have a czar of sports betting. And that's exactly what they did. They hired David Highhill. Uh, he was already there. They, they moved his role with the NFL. But they now essentially have the czar of sports betting who oversees it for the league that Andrew kept saying they had to have. So kudos to Andrew. He was way ahead of that one. And kudos, Bri, to this week's winners. Let's hear what Mike Singletary has to say about them. I want winners. I want people that want to win. So do I, Mike. So do I. We love all of you. We make that very clear. However, those that go the extra mile, like Scott Malin, M-A-I-L-E-N, giving us a five-star review, we greatly appreciate that's the way that's a great way to spread the word just go on spotify or your podcast app or apple podcasts or amazon music i don't know how you guys listen but however you listen give us a five-star review we love it that's awesome thank you scott now what you need to do is email me ross at ross let me know if you'd rather have a signed picture or 
a signed football card or one of these awesome. I can't believe how many press passes I still have from last season. I'm going to start getting them for this season soon. Sponsor confirmation email winner, Jay Hines. Said athletic greens are legit. Glad you feel that way. Jay, let me know what you'd like. Same thing I just offered Scott. You got to email me and let me know what you want. Ross at RossTucker.com. And the YouTube shout out, and I forget what he says, but the YouTube shout out goes to Joshua Meeker. I think Joshua just said he really liked Monday's show with Matthew interviewing me. I think that's what Joshua said, but I'm not sure. Two other things that need to be mentioned. Number one, next week is 4th of July week. Brian and I both have some travel, so we've got some great podcasts lined up for you guys the next couple weeks. You're not going to see the Tux takes. Uh, We're not going to have Tux takes, so make sure you're following me on social media because a lot of the shows will be pre-recorded. Awesome interviews. I can't wait for you guys to be able to get a chance to listen to or watch. So we won't have Tux takes. But I'll be all over social media. So if you're dying to get my opinion of something, just check me out at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And shout outs are in order for our terrific patrons, including Pizza Boy Brewing. I was there two nights ago. Delicious. I had like five different types of pizza and two different kinds of beers. I think I had what? Grapefruit Murin and that new. Triple IPA, mm. Sporticulture, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, Go-Bangles.com, and Evergreen Economics. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.